There are many ways people listen to vision, including on smart speakers. Just tell your smart speakers to play Vision Christian Radio. Alexa, play Vision Christian Radio. Vision. Yep, it really is that easy. You can also say, play V180 Radio for our music channel. It's just another way that Vision is helping you look to God daily. Life, culture and current events from a biblical perspective. 2020 on Vision. Well, every year there is a special day set aside for a special prayer focus for those who are in the persecuted church. It's called the International Day of Prayer for the Persecuted Church Worldwide, and this year it's set down for this coming Sunday, the 4th of November. Tim Reed from Open Doors is joining us for an outline of what churches are doing to prepare. Hello, Tim. Welcome back to 2020. Hi, Neil. Thanks for having me again. Tim, this is an annual event. Some churches have got real momentum and it happens year on year. But let us in here. Are there enough churches that are taking this seriously? Because we know that the issues that are being faced by the persecuted church are very severe in some nations. What are your thoughts for what churches ought to be doing to take this seriously? Well, persecution is really something we see all through the New Testament. If you read Hebrews, if you read any of the letters from the apostles, you can see that everyone is struggling through difficult circumstances because of their faith. And we really believe that it's the same today. The reality is that in even our society in Australia, there's starting to be some form of marginalization of the Christian faith. Now, in other countries, it looks far more extreme, and we see the very extremes of that being people losing their lives for Christ. And last year we saw well over 4,000 people directly killed as a result of their faith in Jesus. And that is a conservative number based on the people we know that there was no other reason for their death other than proclaiming their faith. So we believe that every church should be part of this because persecution is a part of the DNA of every believer, whether it be a believer overseas or Christians here in Australia. Well, it brings it home when you suggest that even here on our shores, we're starting to see even mild forms of marginalization of the Christian church. And no doubt listeners will be familiar with that sort of thing, with the way that Christians are tending to be shut down when it comes to contributions to issues of national importance. But when you say, Tim, there are other nations that are much more severely persecuted than we are even appreciating here. People are losing their lives. The idea of prayer for those people, for those Christians in those nations, this brings it to the fore that it's really tough in some nations. If we just think about uh, some of the countries which is the top of the world watch list or countries that we would say are the hardest to live as a Christian, if we think about North Korea where it's illegal effectively to own a Bible and just having one in your possession could end you in a concentration camp. We know that there's about 70,000 Christians in concentration camps all throughout North Korea, which is staggering to think about. Uh, In Afghanistan, where if your faith is discovered uh, after keeping it secret for any amount of time, you are likely to be killed and more than likely the person who kills you is going to be a family member. The same thing in Somalia, 
and Iraq, and you know the list goes on where people are facing huge consequences for their faith. But sometimes the hardest persecution and what we ask for prayer for, as well as those extreme circumstances, is the persecution which comes through when people are stifled as a result of their religion. So Christians can't get jobs. Or even really sad to watch is children who are never allowed to play with other kids simply because their parents are Christian and they've instructed their children have nothing to do with the Christian kids. And so it's, that's hard to watch. It's a very difficult form of persecution. And we're asking people to play, pray for believers who are in this situation. Tim, I know that when we hear of the hardships being faced by people who are in persecution in those nations and even to the point of losing their lives, executions, we see them as victims of persecution. But there's another dimension here, uh, reflecting on what one Egyptian pastor says about prayer for them, because in Egypt they face uh, dreadful circumstances too. But they say, don't pray for us, pray with us. Uh, there is a different dimension here that comes to light with that sentiment, isn't there? Yeah. So what you've touched on and what that Egyptian pastor shared is a huge thing. He said, if you pray for us, you'll pray for the wrong things. We need the church to pray with us. Because if you pray for us, the church will be safe and you'll pray for persecution to end. But when you start asking for what we ask for, persecution will inevitably come, but we'll see the persecutors come to Christ. So ultimately, we believe that persecution is a response to the gospel going out, and a very natural one. The enemy has to do something when the gospel's going out and people are giving their lives to Christ. And so we want people to not pray for those who are suffering persecution, but pray with them that there'd be a change and that North Korea would open up and not see Christianity as a threat, that at some stage in the future, Afghanistan would be unknown as a Christian nation, which is totally unthinkable at the moment. But these things are hardly impossible for God. Interestingly here, Tim, praying with those nations, there's this word that comes to mind as you're sharing those things. It's called empathy. And uh, sometimes easy for us to give a few dollars in a donation towards those uh, appeals that are running regularly for the persecuted church. But to show real empathy is to spend some time on your knees and really empathizing with the challenges in the persecuted church. Uh, what are your thoughts about not just giving, although people will be always required to give a little more, but about this idea of being empathetic with the cause that they're going through in those persecuted nations? I think it can be really simple for us as uh, Australian Christians to throw out that distance and, and to lose that empathy. But if we are to think, are there members of our family who don't believe in Christ? And if anybody listening, if you are from a non-Christian family, you would know that when you gave your life to Christ at first, your family were probably pretty skeptical. And they may have wanted you to be careful around that church. They may have wanted to encourage you to not go to church. But that's a natural reaction when we see people's lives change in a radical way, which is what happens when we give our lives to Jesus. And so the same thing is true in these countries 
for Christians who are suffering greatly. It's just the cost seems to be greater. So families are terrified rather than skeptical. And this response, rather than encouraging you to distance yourself from church, may be that you need to be cut out of the family. And so we can have this empathy, and we need to think of these people as our brothers and sisters, as it says in Scripture, not people who are distant from us and we should feel sorry for, but our literal family who are hurting and who one day we may actually get to embrace in heaven and say, I prayed for you. Tim, some people are setting up special prayer groups for that day. We're talking about this coming Sunday, the 4th of November. It is one of those times you can get together a special group of prayers in your local church. Is that what you're encouraging people to do? Absolutely. We would love you to get together with your church and make a decision. How is it that you can encourage people to pray for persecuted believers around the world and with persecuted believers around the world to ensure that you're praying not for an end to persecution, but for Christ's name to be known throughout the world amongst people who are currently in huge rebellion against him. So the best way to do it would be if you go to our website, which is opendoors.org.au, there is a section called IDOP, I-D-O-P. And there we have some ideas and some resources for you, including three videos from three different regions with amazing testimonies from the persecuted church, stories of encouragement and challenges to get you praying, along with prayer points and other ways we can resource you. And this is something you can share with your entire congregation and do in small groups. Is this one of the big blockages, do you think, when we are encouraging people to pray for the persecuted church? Sometimes people throw their hands in the air and say, well, I don't know what I'm supposed to pray. These sorts of resources become very valuable then, don't they? Because you even have a prayer guide uh, that is alongside the Frontline Faith magazine, uh, that people can actually understand what's going on and therefore uh, pray in an informed way. Every day, Open Doors has a new prayer point for a persecuted believer, and it will often be about 30 words, so it's not a huge commitment, with a brief story and how that person would like you to pray. So it could be for a believer who's in a prison in Libya, who's been placed there for sharing the gospel. And their prayer point is, pray for this person to endure well and maintain their witness while in prison. Something that may not snap to mind for us as we're here in Australia, but a really important and easy way to pray for brothers and sisters in a hard situation. Well, it is this coming Sunday, the International Day of Prayer for the Persecuted Church Worldwide. I want to point listeners to the Open Doors website, opendoors.org.au, and that's where you can find, as Tim says, those videos and also a prayer guide to help you to be able to pray. The encouragement, of course, is to take some time and perhaps even in a church service this coming Sunday on the 4th of November or put together a group of those people that you know in church life who do love to pray and who will be able to participate with you in a prayer for the persecuted church worldwide. Opendoors.org.au And Tim Reed from Open Doors, thanks so much for sharing your thoughts with us today on 2020. Thank you, Neil. Before you go, thanks for listening. There's lots more great audio on demand, or you can listen to us live at visionradio.org.au. And remember, Vision is listener-supported. 
Your donation, large or small, will help us continue connecting faith to life for hundreds of thousands of people across Australia and around the world. Learn more or donate today at visionradio.org.au.